Uh, hi, I am Bob Henson. Welcome to episode 7 of Literally Anything. I'm joined today with my co-hosts. Hi, I'm Tim Hruskevich, and welcome to episode 7 of Literally Anything. I am also joined by my co-host. Hi, I'm Bob Henson. <laughs> we can do this for out. Literally nothing is what the name of the episode is. Uh, no, this episode is named Literally The Defenders. Not literally Marvel's Netflix? Or Netflix is Marvel? Netflix is Marvel's The Defenders? Defenders? I don't... There's a lot... We're going to be talking about a lot of what Netflix has done with the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I guess their own mini cinematic universe. Yeah, but the impetus for this episode was that we watched The Defenders. It's also timely because it just came out on Friday. So, yeah. and, and we managed to knock the whole thing out because it's very short. So if you haven't watched all eight episodes of The Defenders... This is your spoiler warning. And also, I would say we're going to talk about the other shows as well. Yeah. So if you haven't watched Daredevil, if you haven't watched Jessica Jones, if you haven't watched Luke Cage or Iron Fist. I mean, listen, I haven't watched Iron Fist and I'm on and, the show. And so. he's talking like an expert on it, too. He's going to have some serious opinions about the Iron Fist show without having seen it. I have not seen all of it. You've seen an episode? I've seen four episodes. That's not bad. That was plenty. <laughs> I, I'm the last holdout for... Iron Fist. You are the only person I know. Yeah, but you surround yourself with people who like the same things you like. So That's let's true. put that out there. That's true. You like you like the safety of consensus. No, I just like good things. That's, that's that's very snooty of you. Very snooty. I'm comfortable with liking things. I remember I defended Spider-Man 3's jazz number. You did on Mike. On Mike, with- I will still defend it. It's not perfect, but I like it. So let uh, stance. Do we want to start with Daredevil, or do you want to start with Defenders? I, I mean, we should start with the Defenders because the Defenders is new. Defenders is new. Um, what did you think of it? I enjoyed it cautiously uh, after the first two episodes, which I thought were wasted and dumb. Uh-huh. Um, so the show is about a team up of four superheroes. The first two episodes are them wandering around New York separately. And when they announced this back in the day, I think they announced this like two, three years ago, mm-hmm. that they were going to do a Daredevil show. They're going to do Jessica Jones. They're going to do Luke Cage and Iron Fist. And there was rumors that there would be a team-up show afterwards that might be called The Defenders. Yes. I was like, oh my gosh, I live in a perfect world. That is the best thing I've ever heard. Those characters are awesome. And they I never thought I'd see a movie with them, let alone a really pretty much well-made TV shows, high-production TV shows. They all punch pretty hard. They all punch pretty hard, and but they look great. They That's are, true. They are all pretty-looking TV shows. It's very easy to make these four characters cornball because uh, if you've seen the Ben Affleck Daredevil movie, mm-hmm. Daredevil, I like that. Like I liked Past Tense, that movie, back when it came out. Now I w- tried watching it. It's unwatchable. Sure. But that outfit doesn't look great. It, Daredevil is a hard yeah. character to make look great. Uh, Jessica Jones is a cursing uh, alcoholic who denies the fact that she's a superhero. I thought that was weird that they were going to make that TV show. Luke Cage has just somehow never been A-list Marvel character, even though he's been in the Avengers. He was actually, I think, leading one of the Avengers teams for a while. And then there's Iron Fist, who is C-level at best. But at I've, best. I've, I've always loved Iron Fist, especially, uh, I think, I know. Matt Fraction did a, a run on... Uh, the Immortal Iron Fist a couple years ago, and it was the best book I was reading for a long time. Matt Fraction rules in general. So, yeah, and I will say a lot of what makes these characters work are their writers. So when you combine them all into Defenders, it was super cool. 
I do. You have a big problem with the first two episodes. You want to explain that? Well, I feel like I did. The first two episodes involve each hero individually wandering around New York, uh, sort of picking up the the threads of their own series, but also starting to unravel the big mystery that will ultimately bring them together. But my problem is you had 60 hours of television to get these characters to a place where they could team up, and you only have eight episodes of The Defenders. I don't know why you would waste two of them not having them teamed up. I know why, and it's a cyclical problem in that one. Uh, like you said, they all re- had respective cliffhangers on their shows. They all kind of left their characters in an ambiguous place. Um, Matt and Foggy are no longer talking at the end of Daredevil Season 2 and Elektra is dead, right? Mm-hmm. Jessica Jones had just gotten over finally removing the man from her life who pretty much influenced her every decision, so we don't know where she is with that. She's alienated Luke Cage. Luke Cage is in prison, and Danny Rand discovers that Kunlun has been destroyed with, when, in his absence. So I did read that on Wikipedia later. <laughs> well, also, the, the Defenders yeah, talks yeah, about yeah. that a lot. So not addressing those things would have been insane. I mean, I get that, but I think there's a more elegant way to do it than to burn 90 minutes of an eight-hour series. And I kind of get why they did it, and I don't necessarily support it. I love that The Defenders was only eight episodes. Oh, I did too. I absolutely it's support that. The tightest of all the shows, because the one problem that these shows has as good, good these shows have as good as they are, is that there is always a lag in the middle of all these seasons. Yes. Even though there are thirteen episodes, every one, every single one has a dip towards the middle. In fact, Daredevil season two has to divide its plot into three subplots just to make up for that dip. Well, Luke Cage basically just cuts itself in half and does. One bad guy and the next bad guy. Yeah, basically just does the same arc with two different twice villains. over. Yeah, yeah. Um, one of them interesting, one of them not. Yeah, and I again, I like all, all of these shows, but the more I saw these shows, the more I was getting a little fatigued by them. Yep, they get a little bit. So, like Daredevil, I think is season one is excellent. Season yes. two is very good because it's in three parts, and then you also introduce Punisher, which is a new cool concept. And I'm already behind Daredevil as a character. Daredevil is one of my favorite yes. reading books. Um, it makes sense that he's kind of the natural leader of the team because he's the most superhero-y of the group. Um, Jessica Jones is actually my favorite of the TV shows. Agreed. But that's because they almost deviated from the superhero narrative. It's barely a superhero story, and that's cool. Yes. I wanted to love Luke Cage the most. I think aesthetically Luke Cage looks and sounds the coolest. Yes, but it's also the most boring of the four. Ooh, well, you. I think you have a problem with Iron Fist because you don't like the story, but it's not boring. Uh, nothing happens in Luke Cage uh, after he attacks the. Oh, what's the name of the Christmas Attics? Was it the name of the the building? He attacks this building. Is the coolest part yes, of the show. Yes, it's in episode Attics. three or four. Okay. Yes. And after that... With the car door and stuff. Yes, yeah, that yeah, scene yeah. is the coolest scene in that show. And I'm behind it, but it's the peak on 13. Like, episode 3 is the peak on 13, which means you have a lot of, like, him talking about doing things and not a lot of things happening. Yeah. And then Iron Fist is problematic because the character is unlikable, but the plot is a little bit more funny. Deeply unlikable. Again, I don't mind it. I know. But that said, so they, they tightened Defenders into 8. Which is genius. They should be eight from now on. They should be eight from now on. But also, there's not a lot of story there. I will say that from no. 
in Defenders, it it feels Jessica multiple times says this is the craziest week ever, and I honestly am looking at watching this episode because I binge watched it. It felt like it was almost a real time show. Mm-hmm. They, there's I don't even know how they got a week out of that. That seemed like it was just moment after moment going from place to place and then fighting bad guys. It almost feels like they dropped an act in the middle somewhere. Like they find out that the ninjas are doing a plan in the Midland Financial Building, mm-hmm. and then they just go there. Which is great. Which is great. That's what you should be doing. In fact, it's almost weird. They said, let's go to Midland, and then Jessica and Matt go to the architect's house where the piano is before going to Midland. I was like, that was very convenient because they find bomb plans there. But I thought your big plan was to go to Midland immediately. Yes. And do all this stuff, which is fine. Um, See, that's what I'm saying. Like, if you could take out the first two episodes, just cover their Ryu or their cover their individual cliffhangers in a pre-credits cold open. You know what it could have worked. I think you could have done. They could have done specials for all four as a prequel to the show. Like done a one episode for each. I don't think you need that. I don't think you oh, need. It would have been fun doing one month at a time. Just do like 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 a webisode. No, like they do Christmas episodes and stuff like that where like they'll do a not whole season and you'll get one episode before the next season starts. So then this is America. I don't do that here. That's true. That is a very British attitude. Um but it would be kind of cool. I I, I wonder if they think that six episodes is too short to even consider to be a whole season of something. So, like, because it is six episodes worth of content. It's six episodes worth of defending. Yeah. Yeah. So. Capital D defending. Capital D defending. I don't know why we said that. Uh, as opposed to, just like, I'm defending these oh, six you, episodes. Oh, so they're naming, they're naming the, the verb I'm after the, the defenders. Like, we're Americaning right now? Yeah. Okay. So, uh, it's six episodes worth of content. I wonder if they say that six episodes is not enough to justify a whole season. Like, they can't call it a season. They have to call it a miniseries or a special event or something like that. Right. And so they said, well, let's just tack on the end of each plot into this two episodes. I personally would love to have a whole episode of Jessica Jones with Patsy Walker trying to get a hold of Jessica and her alienating people around her before she finally runs into everyone. Like, they, all those four episodes end at, like... Midland Center, and then just... Right. Yeah, I mean, that would be okay. My other thing, and you bringing up Patsy Walker reminded me of this, like, I think in retrospect, it does something badly that the Avengers turned out to do well that we didn't really think about, and that is jettison most of the supporting cast of their individual people. I was so... It was such a joy seeing Foggy, and such a joy seeing Misty... Although what's funny, Misty, as much character development as she gets, she does kind of feel like a background character. She doesn't even feel like she's got her own art. Like, spoiler alert for the end of the show, Misty Knight, the comic book character, has a cybernetic arm. It's like kind of her superpower is that she's like good at kung fu and can punch things with her cybernetic arm. In the show, she gets her arm chopped off, heavily wink-winking, saying she's going to get a cybernetic arm next time we see her. Right. I think Misty would have been okay in the NYPD, and I guess that you need Colleen to do her weird... Because Colleen Wing has a relationship with one of the key bad guys. Yes. And I guess that's Bakudo, yeah. important. I feel like you could lift that out and be all right. But mm-hmm. I don't need Foggy in there before maybe episode seven. I love Foggy, and like it was nice to see that. It gives us context to what happened to Matt and all that stuff. Um, I mean, I get that. I'm just... I don't know. The Avengers does a good job with getting rid of the people you don't. Pepper need. shows up for one second in like right. Civil in uh, Spider-Man: Homecoming, 
Which is fun. That's perfect. Uh, her thing in the beginning of Avengers is fine. Yeah. I think that you should have done that with Karen Page. I don't think she brings anything. Karen Page didn't really bring I love... I think she's great. Again, that's the problem with tying in arcs of another TV show into this TV show. Is Karen and Matt are having a relationship based on the idea that Matt's not going to be Daredevil anymore. Right. So that can't be completely dropped if he be, just becomes Daredevil for Defenders. I mean, sure Ar- can. You, Iron Man 3 did that. Like, I was going to say, exactly, yeah, Tony Stark, like, just glosses over the fact that he's not going to be Iron Man after Iron Man 3. Then in Avengers 2, he's just Iron Man. And nobody ever really... Although it also, it also says that Pepper and and uh, Tony are broken up in... In the next movie. In Civil War, maybe because of those actions. Sure. But I don't think that Avengers 2 is weakened because... It just glossed over that and was like, here's Tony Stark in a robot suit. Sure. I think if Matt comes in his Daredevil costume, fine. Like, you can address it in the next season of Daredevil if you want to. I keep on going back to Doctor Who. Every time they do, like, multiple Doctors, they always bring in the companions who have to talk. Like, it's like, hey, you hang out with this Doctor. I hang out with this Doctor. Let's have conversations about what it's like to be with our mutual Doctors. Nope. I'm like, let's get to the fireworks factor. No, you you just want them all fighting people. And I'd like... Well, part of it is also they are... Bringing together Misty Knight and Colleen Wing, who are the daughters of the dragon. They have their own... I do like their relationship in Defenders. Yeah, and it it sets up for, I hope they get their own show. You know what? If anything... All right, I'll tell you what. Let's get rid of Iron Fist, and Colleen can just be on the team. At one point, they did. Like yeah. There were, like, an episode and a half where Colleen fills in for the missing Iron Fist. Yeah. And that kind of works. I thought it was fine. It's like, oh, this is much nicer. Yeah. Uh... What's interesting is you hate Iron Fist very vocally. Like every time I even mention the word Iron Fist, you I can hear the, the eyes rolling into your brain. Yeah. I don't I have no connection to Iron Fist in the comics at all, so I only know Danny Rand from the comics. Well, a lot of these characters, with the exception of Iron Fist, were written by Brian Michael either created or heavily influenced by right. Brian Michael Bendis. Um, there's a Defenders comic book out right now. There's only four issues, and it's clearly written in reaction to the fact that there's a netflix show out now like this is not a passion project that marvel's right. been sitting on this is like hey let's capitalize on the fact that tv shows out i love bendis's run on daredevil bendis's run on daredevil might be my favorite and i love daredevil like i, I love the miller run um i love the mark wade run but bendis did the streak of books just i think a hundred books of daredevil and each one is nearly perfect like, it is interesting. very, very good. So it's interesting to see that, like, okay, Bendis established Daredevil. Jessica Jones is a Bendis creation. Um, and every single book that is Jessica Jones as the, like, Alias was all of him. Uh, Jessica Jones currently is just him. Uh, he did The Pulse, which was Jessica working at the Bugle. Um, it was just all him. So, and they're all fantastic. Then the same thing, Luke Cage was introduced into the Avengers under Bendis's Avengers run. So, like, this is his universe, and it's just kind of this amazing coincidence. Iron Fist is the only one that doesn't really fit in that mold, um, but he's also what we consider one of the Marvel Knights. Marvel Knights are kind of their darker characters. They're kind of the people who aren't the Captain Americas or aren't the Spider-Mans or aren't the right. Iron Mans. It's the people who are the street-level fighters. Um, so it's very cool seeing all these characters together. But again, if anyone wants to, to read like what Defenders are based on, definitely pick up those Bendis books. Because weirdly enough, uh, Bendis Daredevil used to be in an omnibus, kind of a big, big edition of the book. 
and it, I can't find it anywhere. I don't. I think it went out of print. Mm. You can hardly find the Bendis run anywhere. So if you can find it, please read it. It's very, very good. Um, but all the Jessica Jones stuff is all available, and so is the Avengers stuff. Yeah, the, I've at least read the Jessica Jones stuff. Did you um, like it? Yeah, it's great. Yeah, it's very dark. I mean, the it's for grownups. It's, it's for grownups. And let's talk about how the fact that Marvel's net uh, Netflix's Marvel is for grownups, but it's not willing to cross a certain line. Yeah, which becomes distracting, like when Luke Cage puts on some censored rap music. Yeah, by the way... Like, I am yanked completely out of this did, right now. Did the Wu-Tang Clan make you smile at all when that Danny... Like, Danny throws that punch when they're finally all together at the end. I thought that was great. In it the was, third episode yeah, or the no, last episode? The last episode, because it, it's, like, very, very dour. It's been very, like, bleak for a while. Yeah, I thought that was great. Like, yes, let's have some fun. And that's what I loved about the Luke Cage show about more than anything, because it was just playful with the music. Like, yes. I wanted that soundtrack immediately after watching yes. it. Which is, by the way, like, six bucks and 41 tracks. Nice. That is, I think it might be a pickup on, on one day, because that is, but it's so much fun. And I love that moment. So, yeah. It was a nice, like, oh, right, we're superheroes, let's have a good time. Mm-hmm. Only one of us is in costume, but. Yeah. Uh, and I'm trying to think, only person who really, yes, Luke Cage had a costume in the 70s. Right. But pretty much just goes around in a t-shirt now. There's that goofy reference to it in the Luke Cage show. I loved it so much. I know you hated it, but. I didn't, I mean. It's so on the nose. It's it's pretty goofy. It's very goofy. It's fun. Well, mainly because Luke Cage had one of the most absurd costumes of all time. Yep. He had this, like, tin crown. It's like very 70s black exploitation. Uh, yeah. Um, but Jessica doesn't have a costume in the comics. Right. But Daredevil and Iron Fist do, and they just kind of avoid it. I don't think you can make an Iron Fist costume look good. It's like yeah. Wolverine. You just really can't. It's good that they didn't try. Yeah. Um... <clears throat> What I was kind of hoping for at the end when Danny Rand is going to become the new protector of Hell's Kitchen, at least, I was hoping for like a, a Daredevil costume, maybe in green and yellow. Like that I would have hated that. That would have been okay. I, I don't think I would have cared for that. I, I'm, I'm going to go with a TV show on this one and say, he doesn't need t-shirts. it. I just get mad at him wearing uh, these white sneakers with suits everywhere he goes. I, that drives me more crazy than anything else. Yeah, there's a lot to get mad at. That, that's the only thing that matters. He's a V-Iron Fist. Uh, there's a lot that is... They're set up for, for Frank Miller's Born Again at the end, which is one of the coolest shots. They have the, the end is with Matt in a convent being all stitched up, and someone yells out Maggie, which is the name of his mother, who has run away to a convent. Um, it's directly pulled from one of Frank Miller's th- uh, comics. And I kind of want to talk about Frank Miller's influence mm-hmm. on just these four shows because yeah. the hand is the bad guy, and I never love the hand. No, the hand does not read as very interesting today. It reads like Frank Miller got real into ninjas in the nineties, yeah, as we all did. Mm-hmm. This was um, the eighties. This is eighties, yeah. yeah. And I don't think translates very well today. I don't. I mean, do the defenders have like? An established canon of bad guys? Well, the Defenders weren't even these characters in the original show. Right. They were, uh, I think Ghost Rider was in, in them, <laughs> and, and Hulk, and Doctor Strange. It was, I think at one point they were the new Fantastic Four. Um, but the Defenders weren't, I think Namor was one of them at one point. Oh man, I'm waiting for a Namor movie. Although he's a mutant now, so that might make yeah. it challenging to make a Namor movie. So, I don't know. Like, the Defenders were never cool until this. I think they're almost like resurrecting a bad franchise, which is kind of nice, like right. fixing a mistake. 
I, I, I never like when they try to resurrect something that's awesome and then try to re, re, reboot it. But, like, Defenders had a lot of potential that's never got to anything. And so the TV show works for it really well. Yeah. I was thinking about, when we were talking about The Hand, how far we've come. Just during that final fight, I was thinking about how far we've come from season one of Daredevil. And they they hint at the hand in season one. Well, they do the hint at the hand, but the thing that I was thinking about was how grounded season one of Daredevil is. Like it's it's a crime show. It's about this yes. this lawyer who knows he can't take down a drug uh, like a crime boss, so he uses his suit to do that. But not even that. I mean, the physicality of the fights in Daredevil season it's one true. is the thing that people love. Like anytime Matt Murdock's in a fight, he is messed up for a while. I forgot about that. Like there, like right? he got three times that season. Like he's. Almost dead. Yeah. And that's just like, they established that as this is what happens when he fights. Like, he will fight himself to death. Yeah. And the Defenders is so far beyond that. And I think season two of Daredevil is also beyond that. Well, part of it, I think they realized that became a very hard thing to write around is Matt's going to get the living tar beaten out of him. Right. Well, it's kind of exhausting to watch, too. It's exhausting to watch. And also, like, there's going to be two or three episodes where he has to be down for, like, those episodes right he can't get up and do flips immediately after getting like that knife ripped out of him um that cool right 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 sickle thing just, it was just it was not distracting it but was, it was thing awesome that occurred to me but as a one season tv show i think that works as yeah. a continuing tv show watching him on the mend gets boring but it was so cool to see the contrast between that and because it was our first well let's ignore agents of shield it was our first marvel hero that wasn't in the movies. And the yeah. movie guys are all A-list, super-powered, awesome people. And he was definitely the street-level hero. Yeah, like, they do a cool job of setting that up and how important that is and like, like establishing how, the power levels involved. It's almost like what Batman would be really like if he existed today. He would right. get the living daylights knocked out like, of him. It hurts to breathe. <laughs> yeah. Uh, which is why I think they gave him the suit, because they kept establishing that the suit can take a, a beating. Yeah, I guess. So, I I get why, because it's it, but I think it already explored that, so I can see why they're not right. doing it again. Matt still takes a beating, but I guess he's then better he at it. Up. I don't know. I just kind of miss that. And the other characters don't really I take do. a beating because they're all much more super powered. Uh, Iron Fist gets beat pretty bad by Luke Cage for a while the first time that they meet. Yeah, but Luke's not trying to put him in a body bag. Like that's the thing. Right. Luke is trying to disable him, not hurt him versus... That fight is excellent. It's that very, fight is awesome. It's very cathartic. I, I, I kind of... So Luke Cage and uh, Danny Rand are best friends in the comics. They're like one of those like power couple friend things. That, I know. They're they're great. It's They're the heroes for hire. They have lots of comics together. Is there something about when a movie or a TV show is made about people who you know are going to be best friends that they always have to start off as worst enemies? I mean, we had Batman versus Superman, and you always get these kind of stories where, like, you know they're going to be friends in the long run. They're going right. to be, like, the best friends. But it always starts off with them punching the living snot out of each other. I think the Fantastic Four movies also did that with Johnny and The Thing. They always at least had an antagonistic friendship. But it's always, like, I never want to get to that point. I always like the idea that they instantly click. Right. I feel like that's an easy character arc to write. Mm-hmm. Like you can, it fills in three episodes. You can bang that out in a couple hours, and there you go. Now we have a narrative arc, and everybody changes. And and, and you can tease it like they I did in the show. The, the show yep. teased their friendship. Like Danny's tied up, and Luke's watching yep. him, and 
they start joking around and having fun. If you have two characters who click from the beginning... There's nothing to build to. Yeah. I just don't know if that works narratively. I'm just almost getting bored with the convention, though, with the idea that you have to make them fight a little bit. And yes, it's cool seeing Iron Fist versus Luke Cage. It's fine. Because Luke Cage never gets hurt, so someone who can finally hurt him is great. And then getting Danny knocked down a peg or two because all this kung fu doesn't matter against the guy who doesn't take a hit, you know. But it's kind of the same thing that we saw in Avengers, where they spend two-thirds of the first movie fighting each other. Yeah, and that's the thing. I, that's kind of why I can't rewatch Avengers. It's almost silly, that fight in the forest with Thor yeah. taking the hammer to Captain America. It's a cool moment, because they just see... Like, pretty much the, the, the nerd impetus on that is, what would happen if Thor's hammer hit Captain America's shield? That entire scene is based on that concept. But it's also weird, because... Thor doesn't know that his hammer is not going to go through that shield. He's just trying to murder everyone. Yeah, That's it's true. it's a weird moment. And these these are the kind of stories where, like, Danny... Does Danny know that his Iron Fist punch won't kill Luke? Because he punches him to the face. It's true. Like, we get that Luke has been taking all these normal punches fine. But yeah, I, I guess it does escalate. Like, yeah. if, he, if he went Iron Fist immediately... Because in the... T- I know you didn't get this far in the TV show. Danny levels a floor of a skyscraper with his Iron Fist punch in the show. Which, by the way, one thing I will say, the, the, the Defenders never really shows how powerful the Iron Fist punch is. Like, I love when they show it in the comics because it is just devastating around you. It's just... Well, the thing I like in the Defenders... Like, it doesn't always work in the Defenders. Like, yeah. you can't do it sometimes. Well, that's that's a real thing of the... It's, it's about how focused he is, how, right. how much attention he can pay in that moment. And so if he's not angry, if he's not if he's in control, he can use the, the, the fist. But this Danny is often flying off the handle and angry at things. He's just like a worse Hulk. Yeah. Only, yeah, it's the opposite. So right. his power only works if he's calm. So, but it's, it's awesome. There's, in the most recent issue of Defenders, uh, he's fighting, uh, who was the bad guy in Luke Cage? Cotton Mouth, or Diamondback. Diamondback. Diamondback was the good, the cool bad guy. Yeah, I think it was Diamondback. Cottonmouth was the second boring bad guy. Yeah. Diamondback, he's fighting Diamondback, and it just shows what the hit does to Diamondback. And it's this, like, Street Fighter KO moment where it's just, like, everything just, like, nuclear winter around it. And it's super cool. And it never really gets to that. Uh, So it's weird that Luke would get punched in the face by this thing that could level a building. But, okay, I'll, I'll give it to you. But it's a cool moment. It's a very mm-hmm. cool moment, seeing the slow-mo punch of... I do like when something hits Luke Cage, they usually do slow-mo of, like... If someone's hands breaking, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, well, they showed... Um, I think someone did this comparison. On the show, they did the exact same shot with someone punching him in the face and just the hand breaking. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So they're trying to do the exact same punch, showing, like, oh, let's see what happens when Luke takes the, the damage on it. It's... it's. I get it. The convention gets old. I... Don't know if we'll ever get to a point where Luke Cage and Iron Fist are going to be hanging out and being buddies. And I kind of want to see that show. I want to see Daughters of the Dragon. Um, I do like Karen and Matt. I know... Not Karen and Matt. Karen and Foggy. That's fine. But I, I do, don't... I don't. I do acknowledge that they have little to do in this show. Yeah, I think they're fine in, in Daredevil Season 3. That's where I would put them. I just think you could have dispatched with them in The Defenders. Because you have that, I felt like all the scenes in the NYPD where they bring in everybody's friends felt very forced. And 
uh, DC's universes often have that problem. They do crossovers with the yeah. different shows. And then all those supporting characters who never really have whole story arcs themselves right. have to hang out with the other people who have the exact same thing in their other respective shows. And it's always a fun moment, but it doesn't add anything. It. Yeah, it's just... I would. It's fan service is what it is, having all those people in a room. What do you think of the Punisher uh, preview? I did not watch it. Oh, yeah, I thought you said. I, no, I found out that it existed later, and I still have not gone back and watched it. I straight up asked you, did you watch it? And you're like, yeah. Did you? Yeah. My thoughts on the Punisher are complicated. <laughs> now, are we talking based on what you saw season two or the fact that the Punisher as a character shouldn't have a TV show? Let's say both. Okay. Because I like the Punisher in season two. He adds so much to that plot because yes. it, it is part of, yes, the Punisher has his own narrative through line in that, and I think it's great. But really, he's there as what Matt could become yes. if he lets himself go. And that is cool. I am hesitant to be excited about a full show of the Punisher. Where we are rooting for a gun-toting psychopath. Right. I don't know if right now is the correct time in the United States for a superhero whose bit is, man, these police officers aren't using enough lethal force. I'm going to go out and do it myself. I don't think we're ever going to get to a point, though, again. I think the Punisher may be a retired character. In fact, I think Marvel is subconsciously retiring the Punisher. He shows up for Marvel events, like right now is Secret Empire. Um, And... He works for Secret Empire because he's used very sparingly. He's used as his background character. He he follows yeah. Captain America no matter what he does because he's kind of warped. Um, I do kind of like that because they've they've done that before. Where he has like this worshipful attitude towards Steve Rogers, and I kind of dig that. Yeah, as a character trait for him. So he's saying like, well, clearly Cap must know what's going on. I'm gonna follow Cap right. until this goes through. Um, Thor has a little bit of that too, but uh, has I, I haven't read a Punisher book in a while in fact i don't even know if punisher has a current book punisher don't get me wrong has had i don't want to pigeonhole punisher as an unwritable character no there's cool stuff and i again i liked him in season two of daredevil but he's in there as a foil to matt murdoch who is working sort of within the legal system Mm -hmm. and the punisher books have been limited they're not limited runs they're not like miniseries but they are definitely written with a beginning middle and end they're not like let's continue making punisher books right because every time that happens it gets very repetitive and boring and frankly inappropriate at times where it's yep. like i'm not rooting for this gun telling psychopath i have to have a story to tell with this guy so right. here's what i will say the show could work really well if they have a character development thing to do with that with frank castle yeah i don't love i think you have a point i don't think america will ever be back in a place where a gun-toting psychopath should be our heroic character. Right. I'm nervous. I think there's this TV show you can make in there that can be good. Mm-hmm. I am nervous I will that say Marvel that... has the sensitivity to do that. Mm-hmm. I will say John Barenthal is probably the best on-screen Frank Castle I've seen. Yes, and I really like... The, the, the Thomas Jane movie. Thomas Jane. That's your yeah. guilty pleasure, I think, is the Thomas Jane it Punisher. Is, it is. It's super fun. And especially if you read uh, Garth Ennis's Welcome Back, Frank. Yeah. That is a almost direct adaptation. Where taken from. Yeah. I mean, mind you, outside the Florida bits and the my kid bought me a t-shirt that he found on the docks. That really yeah, that reminded me of you. Um, I don't I, Right now, I mean, in a, in a modern Marvel context, I kind of like that it takes place in Florida. It's somewhere that's... Not New York. Not New York, yeah. Or the more exotic Avengers location of upstate New York. <laughs> I always like the fact that 
Stanley always just wrote what he knew, which was just what was immediately around him. It's cool, and it's it's as a comic thing, it like works really well because it has people interact. Yeah, that Matt Murdock is everyone's lawyer, but it is nice to get out of New York once in a while. So, but the trailer is very it's super violent. If you're not surprised, I'm not. I don't know. Here's even my wife liked season two. Like she liked the Punisher arc the most of season two. She was pretty bored with really good. Uh, she's really bored with the Electra stuff. She's really bored with the hand stuff. Same, same. Um, but she did like the Frank Castle stuff because it was an interesting development for Matt. Was yes. to say like, yeah, he is he's a sneeze away from becoming this arch vigilante that just murders people because it's easier for him. Yep. In fact, in the comics, Daredevil goes through the same moral conundrum. He actually is holding bullseye over a subway train grade kind of thing, and like he realizes, and he just drops him one time. He just mm-hmm. lets him go because this guy's. Too hard to kill, too hard to stop. I mean, too hard to stop from all the damage he's done. He's like, I'm going to drop him in front of the subject train. Of course, Bullseye survives and gets adamantium and bones, but that's another story. Uh, but he he does make the choice to kill, and he kind of regrets it. Right. Um, Matt Murdock has killed a few times, but it's always like that kind of like Superman level. Like, I really can't do this. It's it's wrong of me to do so. Or I'm just going to snap General Zod's neck because. Yeah. Uh, this movie's out of time. <laughs> this movie's out of time, and we didn't think of a valid ending. Yep. Um, I, I That's mean, a separate podcast. That is, a, I kind of want to do. I, that means I'd have to watch Man of Steel again. Pass. You know what we could do? Justice League? We could watch Justice League and then watch Man of Steel beforehand and then give it a whole retrospective. Man, I don't want to do any part of that. <laughs> no. I am planning to skip Justice League right now unless you, something changes. You are. You say that. I don't think. I think you're going to see it anyway. Uh, I know you're. A nerd. I tell you what, if if things work out the way that I think they will, I bet I would prefer to see Thor Ragnarok again than to go see. When is Justice League coming out? November or something, okay. right after Thor. Ragnarok is around the corner. November third. That's super exciting. We gotta do a Ragnarok one. Yes. Um. Anyway, so uh, we hear that people are listening. So I've gotten a lot of comments on Facebook. We've gotten a lot of comments. I haven't gotten a ton of comments on the blog, but. Uh, if you're listening, throw in your ideas. We love to hear from you. Uh, it's uh, vmafilm.weebly.com or our Facebook page. Please check us out. Uh, we should be back here pretty soon, hopefully. We have another idea of what to talk about. Yeah, we'll be back in a couple weeks. Uh, until then, hit us up on iTunes. We would love some five-star ratings. Uh, it helps us get more listeners to the show and gives us a bigger audience. Uh, and gives you more people to talk about the show with. Mm-hmm. So do that. And if there's a rating system on Google Play, please rate us there as well. And if you have anything that you want us to talk about, I mean, we're, we have a ton of topics right now, but who knows? In the future, we might not think of something. If you say, I've always been wondering about this, let us know about that. We'll, we'll give it a shot and see if we can watch it or read it or do whatever. Definitely. All right. See you later. Good night. Good night.